Good morning. Sunday, the 21st of January, 2024. And a rather interesting story came across my newsfeed a couple days ago that uh, was a bit of a strange admission coming from a modernist bishop, cardinal in this case. Um, it's a name a lot of you will not associate with being a modernist, but uh, there are several kinds of modernists in the church, in their hierarchy. Um, of course, you have the most obvious cases, the Francis's, the James Martins. You get the idea from that faction. But there's the other kind, too. And the other kind are like the weathervane modernists. And these are the ones who will just go with the flow of whatever's going on in the church. They haven't, frankly, it looks like no principles when it comes to change being foisted upon the church. And this is the kind of modernist we are talking about today. And because it's Sunday, we're just going to get right into this. And we're going to try to keep this relatively brief today. So we go right to Catholish, the English language version, um, which is katholish.de. Uh, and their headline is, Cardinal Willette, the age of Christianity is over. The former head of the Congregation for Bishops, Cardinal Willette, sees humanity undergoing a profound epochal change. This is also accompanied by a change in human self-image and a new task for Christians. That's a a credible statement from a cardinal archbishop of the catholic church one who 10 years ago was considered a papa bile he was at the 2013 conclave there were people fully expecting him to walk out onto the loggia and declare himself to be benedict the 17th okay to give you an idea of what people thought of cardinal willette barely a decade ago my how things have changed Good morning to everybody in the chat. I'm glad to see you all here from all over the world, from Kentucky to Japan and places in between. Well, let's get right to the article. So from the article, quote, Cardinal Willette, Cardinal Emeritus of the Curia and former head of the Congregation for Bishops, sees the world in an apocal change with rapid technological developments and crisis phenomena. The age of Christianity is over, writes Willette in a guest article for the communio.de portal. At some point, I need to go over the distinction between the post-conciliar factions, because whatever you see this in any place in history where there's been a revolution, there is a new uh, dividing into multiple camps afterwards. You can make an analogy to the the left and right, really. And Communio represents one of those factions, actually, and it's worth it exploration in in the future. Continuing. At the same time, however, the impulses of a Christian anthropology are necessary in order to feed the coordinates of the human into society in a new way. The new era will bring with it a new cultural confusion and the need for a new self-understanding of humanity. According to the Canadian churchman, human identity has become a field of experimentation. We let said, quote, the apocal change is perhaps most evident in anthropology. Religious references are being displaced. The authority of the modern humanities is growing. A panorama of contrasting perspectives on the nature of man has emerged. The options fluctuated, quote, between a spiritualism detached from the physical constitution and a materialism that reduces all transcendental endeavors to technically controllable biophysical data, according to Willette. There is no longer any consensus on what constitutes the essence of humanity, writes the 79-year-old, who is considered a Ratzingerian. Uh, let's uh, not associate him with... Uh, the late Benedict XVI, who I'm not as big a fan of as many of you are, but let's 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 not do that to him. 
In theological terms, was once also a discussion to succeed him as Pope. The development is of such a, quote, insane forward momentum in many areas that it's necessary to pause and look at cultural and religious diversity with a willingness to engage in dialogue and offer new Christian visions. Are we on the threshold of a qualitative leap in the human species, on the threshold of a transhumanist mutation? Anything seems possible, says the North American Cardinal. And we easily forget that the vast majority of people live in inhumane conditions. In this situation, the church must ask itself, quote, what reason for hope we can offer to those seeking meaning, writes Ouellette. The new anthropological situation calls for dialogue, respect for diversity, and solidarity with the poorest and weakest, end quote. Now, there's not a lot wrong with what he's saying there, essentially, that the <clears throat> social conditions have changed, right? No one disagrees with that. I'm bringing this in. I, I, I'm saying he's saying the prophets of doom were right, because if you're not familiar with the phrase prophets of doom, it comes from Vatican II. So we, and there's a good uh, summary of all this from an article. I'm not sure when Rorate Celli published this. Uh, well, let's see if I look at my web browser. It was May of 2021. So basically three years ago. Um, and there's a term prophets of doom. And I actually found an archived article from the 1960s when John the 23rd uttered the phrase, and we'll go over that here in a minute, but the quick version of that quote is, he says, to quote, to us, it seems that we should resolutely dissent from those prophets of doom who always announce the worst as though the end of the world was coming. In the present state of human events in which humanity appears to be entering into a new order of things, there are to be seen rather the mysterious plans of divine providence. It, he gave it in his Gaudet Mater Ecclesia opening speech of the council of Vatican II. Gave that at the opening speech. And this article goes into detail uh, it, where it talks about how the prophets of doom and the text refers to uh, those who take a pessimistic view of contemporary society, amongst whom it is reasonable to understand that those who upheld the message of Fatima, okay? Pope John had a brimber. He read the Third Secret in 1959, declared that it had nothing to do with his, with the, his papacy and with the things going on in the world at the time, which is a bit of an over a misstep on his part, to put it mildly. He himself said, it does not concern the years of my pontificate. Professor Roberto de Mattei basically said that the, there was, that thinks that John the 23rd didn't publish the third secret because, quote, the strident contrast between the prophets of doom of the message of Fatima and the optimistic prophetic stance of the new pontiff who inaugurated Vatican II. So you have to understand, the prophets of doom was a dig at those of us who were Fatimists, who believe that, who could see already that the church, that the social condition of the world was veering off of the tracks of Christendom into some new area. A lot of people tend to think that everything in the, if the social condition of the world was fine until the 1960s. And then you had the uh, revolutions of the flesh happening in the Western world and all sorts of hammer and sickle stuff happening beforehand or thereafter at the same time. But what really happened was those the you know, impulses of the flesh were being, there was an attempt to make that stuff widely accepted in the 19, in the 19 teens, the 1920s derailed by the depression and by world war two and other things. And then after things, society managed to sort of get itself together in the late 1940s, it started showing up again in the 1950s and really took off in the 1960s. The Catholics who understood the Fatima message saw this stuff and tried to get John the 23rd to do the consecration. After all, it became known that it was supposed to be the Pope of 1960 who was going to reveal the message. The media, secular media knew about this. 
and they wanted the Fatima message revealed. They were told it was going to be revealed in 1960. John the 23rd read it in 1959 and said it did not concern his years. And that was that. Even the secular media wanted the, the message of Fatima to actually be revealed. And so when we talk about the prophets of doom, let's actually get what he actually said. All right. So you get this from, this is just from an old archive website, <clears throat> Vaticani at 50, Vatican 2 at 50 at WordPress. This is a website that's been archiving this stuff. The article from 2012. Okay. So we're going to go over this a little bit because this is an archive of a article reporting on what has been going on, what went on at Vatican II. Published itself, written by a priest. We're not going to go over the whole thing. A Monsignor James Itukek of uh, the NC Rome Bureau Chief. I'm not sure what NC was, but it's probably a media outlet that's not around anymore. But their headline was Pope Opens Council Says Prophets of Doom Should Be Ignored. Again, these are the people who were pointing out the society was not in a good place and that we needed to really take the Fatima message seriously. So here's what he's saying. This is, again, the Open General Congregation on October 11th, 1962. Interesting time to open the council, by the way, just a couple of days before the miracle of the sun. I'm not sure that's a coincidence. But Pope John XXIII set the tone for the Second Vatican Council by declaring at its solemn opening that it would be a council of hope and a preparation for Christian unity. Pope John declared that the church, quote, considers it her duty to work actively toward the realization of Christ's prayer for Christian unity. Nothing wrong with that. It also stressed that the prophets of disaster are not to be heeded and that the ecumenical council concentrate on emphasizing the validity of the church's teaching rather than concern itself with condemning heresies. That makes that's a novel thing in the history of the church. Typically, ecumenical councils address heresy. That's pretty novel that this one didn't. The Pope proclaimed his fearless hope that the council, quote, will bring the church up to date where it required. How'd that go out? He assured the cardinals and bishops gathered around him near the tomb of St. Peter that the council will compel, quote, men, families, and peoples everywhere to turn their mind toward heavenly things. He confessed that he has frequently been bothered by the prophets of doom, who with misplaced zeal have tried to convince him that the modern world is lost in a morass of prevarication and ruin. These prophets, the Pope noted, say that our era in comparison with past ages is constantly growing worse. Such men have learned nothing from history, Pope John said. But they seem to believe that, quote, in the past, particularly at the time of former councils, everything was a full triumph of the Christian idea and way of life and for proper religious liberty. In fact, the Pope said these prophets of disaster are wrong. Divine providence is guiding the church today. He continued, quote, toward a new order in human relations wherein by men's own efforts and even by their greatest expectations, the superior and inscrutable designs of God's will are being fulfilled. The Pope said that he even sees in the constant differences among men advantages that lead to the greater good of the church. He expressed his gladness that the ecumenical council can meet in an atmosphere of freedom from the political pressures exerted on past councils. I'll leave it there. The <laughs> it's I laugh because it's so sad. What uh, like the aftermath of this? Because clearly he was wrong. Like obviously he was not correct on that. And to say that the council was free from political pressures is just nonsensical. It is a matter of history. It's a matter of fact of history that the media was used to put pressure on the council that the, uh, and it's, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that secular governments from the West, including my own, were putting a lot of pressure on the Vatican at the time and had been for years. 
but especially during those council and post-conciliar years. So that right there is the prophets of doom who turned out to be 100% correct. And I wish John the 23rd had actually bothered to listen to them at all. Lodge says he sounds like a pro he might've been, I don't know if he is or not. I, that would surprise me even for like some of the modernists, but traditional Catholic says Pope John the 23rd is massively naive to think the third secret didn't apply. I mean, that was kind of what Malachi Martin thought of him. He called him good Pope John, but if you got him talking, he was, he, he, it was almost like he believed John the 23rd just completely misread the, the signs of the times and was just naive about things. All right. Um, naive or arrogant, he knew better than the Blessed Mother. I mean, that's one way of thinking about it. Uh, he, are you talking about John the 23rd, Monique, that he worked with Monsignor René Laurentin, the famous Marian theologian and exorcist who was called upon Rome to investigate mystics? Uh, or, are you, or are you talking about Malachi Martin? All right, so MacPee says, what's my opinion on Pope Francis canceling the title and status of future Monsignors existing a year or two into his papacy? That's, I think that's one of the first things you're going to see a future Pope undo. I mean, I, honestly, it would be the easiest thing to undo. I don't understand why that's a problem. He thinks it lends to clericalism, but that's not what it does. Um, all right, so there is some other news I want to bring up to you briefly. So... I, shifting briefly here. Um, where did it go? Okay, here we go. So we have this from the, uh, Michael Haynes is a life site news reporter. He's so this, he, he's an actual journalist. And he posted this on his own Twitter. He said the Anglican even song will be held inside the Vatican on the 23rd. That's two days from now. So it'll be Tuesday morning or Tuesday evening led by the local Roman Anglican vicar. Archbishop Justin Welby will then preside over, quote, sung Anglican Eucharist in a Catholic Basilica of St. Bartholomew on January 25th. You should do prayers of reparation for this, folks. Um, even song is basically Vespers. I had to go look that up just to make sure, but it's, it's basically Vespers. But then the liturgy, Anglican pseudo-liturgy will be offered there. And I don't know if Justin Welby is one of the Anglicans who got himself conditionally reconsecrated or if the person who ordained him was conditionally reconsecrated. And the reason I say that is a lot of a lot of Anglicans in the years after Leo the Thirteenth wrote his famous encyclical on Anglican holy orders found uh, schismatic Catholic groups to and by schismatic I mean honestly schismatic um, groups, their bishops to actually conditionally reordain them so that they could then have valid orders. Some of them do, some of them don't. But you're you're gonna have an actual honest, uh, uh, like honestly, schismatic <clears throat> and heretical group offering their pseudo liturgy and their pseudo Eucharist at Saint at a Catholic cathedral on the twenty third in the name of ecumenical dialogue. That is what we're. That's something worth doing reparation for. Because that is, there's no excuse for that. And we'll wrap this up here with, uh, I think, something directly related to that. And Bishop Schneider has published a prayer for imploring for holy popes. This is essentially a prayer that he's asking people to start praying that we get a holy pope. So here's his message. He says, 
Praise be Jesus Christ. Dear faithful Catholics, especially those who suffer as they, we're already zoomed in, as they witness our Holy Mother Church live through an unprecedented crisis. Dear Catholic fathers and mothers of families, dear Catholic young people, dear innocent Catholic children, especially dear religious contemplative sisters, spiritual gems of the church, dear Catholic seminarians, dear Catholic priests who are the love of the sacred heart of Jesus. The confusion within the church has reached such the point that we must pray to the Lord with the words of Esther. We have no helper but you. Therefore, let us take refuge in the Immaculate Heart of Mary through the daily prayer to implore holy popes. Let us cry out with the psalmist, Arise, O Lord, why do you sleep? Arise, O Lord, help us and bring us salvation. Dated this 18th of January on the ancient feast of the chair of St. Peter in Rome. Bishop Schneider, yada, yada, yada. And you can see the prayer on screen there, and I'll recite it for you. And I will put this in my show notes today at returntotradition.org. Again, that's returntotradition.org. I post everything there. YouTube has rules about posting links to things that may have ads on them. They have rules about that. I abide by their rules. So here's their prayer for imploring holy uh, holy popes. Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the good shepherd. With your almighty hand, you guide your pilgrim church through the storms of each age. Adorn the Holy See with holy popes who neither fear the powerful of this world nor compromise with the spirit of the age, but preserve, strengthen, and defend the Catholic faith unto the shedding of their blood and observe, protect, and hand on the venerable liturgy of the Roman Church. O Lord, return to us through holy popes who, inflamed with the zeal of the apostles, proclaim to the whole world, Salvation is found in no other than in Jesus Christ, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which they should be saved. Through an era of holy popes, may the Holy See, which is home to all who promote the Catholic and apostolic faith, always shine as the cathedral of truth for the whole world. Hear us, O Lord, and through the intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Mother of the Church, grant us holy popes, grant us many holy popes. Have mercy on us and hear us. Amen. Very brief, simple prayer. I'll leave that up there for you to can to consider i will again be posting the links to all this in my show notes at return to tradition.org pretty shortly after this one um monique tell reminds us of the full third secret was much too inconvenient for the vatican and would have made a question every pope but we would have prayed it and would have prevented what we see today yeah and the I don't even trust the one that the Vatican gave us in 2000 or 2005. I don't, I don't trust that one either. So, and I have reasons for that partially because, I mean, there are people who have done investigations, like deep dives into not just the third secret, but like details, like uh, accounts that people have seen of the, of the third, like of uh, the number of lines, the third secret was supposed to have versus the number of lines of what they gave us had, and they don't line up. And we're talking people who, the testimony of people who saw the third secret in the envelope and could, who actually like looked at that envelope in the light and couldn't make out the writing, but could make out the, the number of text lines, which is really like on the nose kind of stuff. Thank you, Anthony, for the super sticker. It is greatly appreciated. Um, today is the feast of Santo Nino, the Christ child in the Philippines. So very good. Very good. Remind people of that. Um, all right, folks, if there's any other thing, any questions or anything else in the chat, this is your time to bring them. Again, it's a Sunday. We want to keep these things kind of brief on a Sunday, especially when it's like news related. And it's why I like to end with this prayer for as promulgated by Bishop Athanasius Schneider. All right. It looks like there's nothing else going on in the live chat this morning. So, again, pray for everybody that we talked about today. Say a prayer for Cardinal Mark Ouellette. 
his admission is interesting. <laughs> I find it interesting very much that he actually said something akin to the Catholic faith and confirmed what our forebears in this push for truth in the church have been saying for decades. And I do mean decades. The so-called prophets of doom were saying this stuff going back to like well before the 1960s. All right, folks. <laughs> Sorry, Lou, you turned in when we're about to uh, wrap this up because it's a Sunday. And we like to keep these things uh, very brief and to keep the spirit of the, of the day. So make sure to go to mass today. And as always pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.